Welcome to the Pseudo Show on Sunrise Robot. Find out how you can support the network by heading to sunriserobot.net slash support. Welcome to episode 17 of the Pseudo Show. And today we have with us a, a Denver songwriter and a musician, Betsy Lay. Hello. So, Betsy, you've been in Denver for several years now, but you also um, mentioned a, a past in St. Louis and Dallas. So what brought you to Denver? Yeah, I mean, I'm originally from St. Louis, and I I came to Denver in 2000 for college, and then I left pretty soon after that in 2004, um, hung around Buena Vista for a few months, and then I left, went back to St. Louis, started playing music there with um, a band. And then uh, I left St. Louis to go to Dallas for graduate school um, in something completely different from music, <laughs> uh, theology, actually. Right. But while I was in Dallas, I played um, a lot of solo stuff, uh, recorded a lot of stuff out of my living room. Um, and then after I graduated, I found myself back in Denver. And it actually took me maybe a couple of years to get back into performing music mm-hmm. again. So, uh, so I was wish it I had done not it music here. related when you decided to come back to Denver? No, or? I came back to Denver for work. I got a job out here and um, I didn't start playing shows or open mics or anything for a couple of years. It took mm-hmm. me a while to get back into it, but I'm, I'm happy that I did. Yeah. Yeah. So you just had a, an EP that came out this past December, which is just two months ago. So how's it, how's it been with the response to that or uh, putting it out? Yeah, it was, the whole process was long and interesting <laughs> from <laughs> beginning of recording till re- the release night. Um, and so I worked really hard on it. It kind of recorded it um, as a solo album at first. And then when we were done, Paul Ewald, the guy who uh, produced it, suggested that I get a band to come huh. in and play over it. So, so I noticed on your band camp that there were there was an earlier twenty fourteen album. Is that the solo version? Yeah, that's the solo stuff. So okay. yeah, that's those three songs are exactly the same as they are on the on the EP. Um just the acoustic mm-hmm. takes of that. So the release has been it was it's been great. Um everyone seems to like it and uh I don't have any any complaints or regrets? You mentioned it was it Paul that encouraged you to, to grab a band. Um, was that a big transition? Like, um, was it like reworking the songs, or was it something that you led, or was it studio? Let's figure this out together. Yeah, on for that particular piece, and I hadn't had a band in Denver until that point, so I was actually really excited to kind of gather up some musicians and just see what could happen with it. And so that process was really just like, listen, I have these seven songs that I did and I really don't have a lot of time or money to rework everything. So let's see the magic that you can do with what we've already recorded. And they did a great job with it. Um, and so that process was basically them just 
layering what was already there. We re-recorded one song that actually didn't even make it on the... Well, we re-recorded two. We turned First Lady into a piano ballad, and that's all thanks to China Kent, my piano player. Um, and then we tried to redo James Dean, and uh, it just didn't work. So that one hopefully will be on, on the next mm-hmm. release whenever that happens. That's a well-kept secret thing, because d- definitely when I was listening to the full band album, I wasn't thinking like, oh, it sounds like they just... They just took an acoustic song and slapped drums on it. but Yeah, my band is really good. Um, Caitlin Champion plays drums on, on the album, and she plays uh, live with me now. And uh, she's in... She's a great musician. She's I was going to say the last writer. name Champion is awesome. Right? Is that a blessing or a curse? Like, no, she, Do you wake uh, up feeling awesome every day? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that she does. Um, yeah, it's a great name. I somehow want to steal her name to make it into a band name i'm not exactly sure how yet but um and then china kent plays keyboard and she's amazing she's been in the denver music scene actually for a long time um i don't don't even know how long but for a while and uh, she's also a, a she grew up with music I think she's classically trained. She's a music teacher. So, and then uh, Brittany Williams played bass on the album, and she was able just to come up and, um, you know, it's mostly folk singer songwriter stuff. So, uh, she was really great at being able to keep things simple and tight, and making sure that you know, nothing went outside the realm of what was already there. So it was it was a lot of fun. They did a great job with it. Mm-hmm. And I was going to ask about some of your your influences and who. Uh, you like listening to it. I saw on one of your sites you, you mentioned the, um, oh, it's, it's escaping me right now. The, the moldy peaches. Is it? Oh yeah. And uh, some others. And and if you want to speak to, is there's anyone that you're aspiring towards with your music? Or I mean, not to make it like, well, I'm just trying to be someone else or something. But <laughs> um, there is an aspect of that sometimes involved. And I know when I was listening, I, I was definitely you know detecting the folkiness and the you know a slight confessional feel to some of the songs. But it, it was always bright too. It was it wasn't it wasn't heavy. And um, I didn't know if that was something that just kind of happened or if it was. Yeah, I mean, for the songwriting, especially on this album, it all ended up being, like you said, pretty bright. Even before the band came in, it was some of the subject matter, I think, is a little tough. And um, some of it's just completely silly, like First Lady. But uh, other of it, you know, uh, some other stuff is, you know, loss in relationships or loss in life or what happens when we discover that everybody is going to die and what does that mean right, for us? Right. And, Mortality. Yeah. <laughs> and so somehow, um, I was able to write that in a way that what wasn't totally depressing, <laughs> which was good. Um, but then when the band came in, I think what the, they were able to do is give it sort of that whimsical fun feel. So the, you know, the, the tempo and the beat, the rhythm that Caitlin was able to put behind there. And then really, I mean, I always joke that whenever Caitlin or whenever China's in the room, she's kind of the band leader. So I wholeheartedly listen to every thing that she says. And we usually just do it her way, which is great because she's so good at being able to listen to a song and know exactly what it needs to make it better, to fill it out. And so... So that was the album, and then, you know, songwriting in general, like when I first started playing music in St. Louis, people would say, you know, you sound a lot like Kimya Dawson and the Moldy Peaches, and I was like, I have no idea 
who you're talking about. Like, <laughs> who the hell is Kimya Dawson? And this was before Juno came out. And then I listened to her stuff, and I was like, oh, okay, I could see that. Um, but I never aspired to... It, right. D- she didn't... I didn't hear her first and think, I'm definitely going to... That's it. <laughs> gonna, that's what I want. It just sort of happened. I mean, when I grew up, I listened to a ton of... Um, my house pretty much on repeat was Beatles, Paul Simon... Um, Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash, and it was all on vinyl, which was way cool. Yeah. My parents had kept their vinyl collection over the years, and um, so I feel pretty lucky to be able to to grow up listening to to really great music on on that kind of format. And so when I write songs now, I don't necessarily um, shoot for a certain genre or try to model after a certain songwriter certain musician but i definitely notice that um i tend to get more creative and more energized when i listen to music or when i go to live shows so i know that it's definitely there it's got to be there yeah i was going to ask about the the input and maybe to to speak to are there non-musical inputs that like you can think of like either like film or like when you get in a rut and you're like oh i just need to kind of switch things up or experience something else yeah a lot for me um comes through books i've written a few songs after reading certain books um i'm a big like 20th century political history nerd and i don't know where that comes from or why (laughs) but i'm just like totally into like teddy roosevelt and i don't understand why or where that comes from um and eleanor she's really cool too but uh so for me it's a lot of um books, history, uh, sometimes movies, um, and a lot, like actually, like I do a lot of songwriting after I go to a show Mm. when I see live music. Sometimes I like wish that I had like a journal, like pen and paper with me. And then I'm like, I can't be that like nerd in the audience (laughs) who's like taking notes at the show while everyone else is enthralled by the music. So I usually don't, but, um, yeah, that's where that where I get that stuff and sometimes it's like a 2 a.m. I wake up in the middle of the night and I, it just is there and right. I usually don't write it down and lose it by the next morning but yeah, it's we're, there. We've all been yeah, there with that. Yeah, it's there. Yeah. So uh, you play guitar and banjo. Are there any other instruments that are on your radar or that um, you want to incorporate in the future? Or I have been like lusting after the hollow body electric guitar for some time. And I haven't, I haven't gone there yet, but, uh, every time I see one, I'm just like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I'm not going to work on Maggie's farm anymore. That's for sure. You know, but, uh, (laughs) so yeah, just, uh, I would love to go there. I would love to go electric, but it's not my thing at all. I'm such an acoustic guitar player that I don't even know if I would know how to do that. So we'll see. Maybe I'll, Maybe I'll borrow one and and futz around on it, but right, right. Um, that so- I love that sound so much. But as far as picking up other instruments um, in Dream World, I could like play a fiddle and a piano really well, <laughs> but uh, whether or not that ever happens, I don't know. Yeah, I was gonna see if like uh, another songwriting rut thing that some people do is like switch instruments. Like, oh, I I just can't do a guitar right now because the same thing keeps coming out and if it's like do you go to the banjo then Mm -hmm. it's like yeah i just want to strum some chords and feel differently and yeah i definitely go to the banjo when i need to change things up um china my keyboard player really wants me to start uh, a song 
from piano first and go from there, which I think would be totally fascinating because I haven't played piano since like third grade piano lessons. So (laughs) lucky for me, like my songs are pretty simple (laughs) musically. Um, so it probably wouldn't steer too far off of what I already do, but I, um, I would love to actually sit down Mm -hmm. and, and do that sometime soon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tell me a little bit about the artwork. So a local artist worked on this, and mm-hmm. there's some interesting stuff here. Yeah, so the album's available online, and that artwork is totally different because I had um, a local artist named Erin Walrath. She uh, created a stamp for the cover and carved it and whatever, and then um, hand-stamped every every sleeve. So, so how the, many of these were there? There's a hundred of them. So she stamped 100 of them. And then, uh, I hand wrote all of the liner notes on the back. So I can actually grab one for you and show it to you when we're done. It's yeah, really yeah. cool. But, um, in the end towards the show leading up to it, I was running out of time. So actually so write a hundred liner notes. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my friend Shelly and, uh, my partner Allison came in. So, some people have uh, other handwritings on their album notes, but uh, everything was hand done and local, which was it was so great. She did such a great job on it. Cool. And you've also been involved with the the Denver scene locally with the the songwriter showcase at the Physic Opera. How was that experience? It's great. Um, I think the Physic Opera has hands down probably the best open mic in Denver right now, and I just totally credit that to the work that um, Jonathan did to build it up, uh, the owner of Physic Opera, and then what Anthony and, and Rachel are doing there every Tuesday night, um, you know, bringing in guest musicians and really highlighting what it is about being a singer-songwriter that makes your art important and right. worth coming back every week to keep doing. So... um that's been great, and I was uh, I was the guest musician there last year, and just had so much fun with it. So I like to drop in, uh, you know, when I can, maybe once a month, just to see who's there and what kind of talent Denver's bringing in. And I'm always just completely blown away by the people who who show up for that, yeah, and and play because it's it's consistently really solid talented work that are coming out of these these people yeah and i i got into it a little bit on the last episode with anthony but i was really struck by the the focus at the physic opera that people really like some open mics and i won't call any venues out but it, there's kind of the sense of like everyone rushes forward and you know steps on each other to get their name on the list and then they play their song and then they leave and there's kind of a a different vibe at physic opera that i sense of like you no know, people kind of actually watch each other actually want to know each other and and, yeah. and listen and and that's rare for an open mic i think yeah i think what um that open mic is doing and what syntax in general is doing is kind of being the the harbor for a, a good solid music community at least in the singer songwriter world mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know what it's like right. for i don't know what the metal the punk- scene yeah doing. exactly <laughs> um but at least in the singer songwriter world um it's they're building a, a a community there and um that's really great it's really refreshing people do stick around to hear um to hear 
the other artists. They stick around to hear these interviews with some of the more seasoned musicians. And they're, I mean, yeah, it's just the people that I've met there, you know, just coming up to say hi and um, just to see what's going on in my music and doing the same for people that I see there. It's just, it's good to have a solid music community um, to kind of rally around. And because for me, Denver brings in so much musical talent that it can be almost overwhelming to to be a musician trying to either get started or make some sort of living off of mm-hmm. <laughs> off of the work that we're doing and because of what happens is you you see what's around you and it's all just so freaking good and you're just <laughs> like I don't know if I'm good enough to do that um nobody's going to listen to me so it's so great to have a a place where you can go where musicians have heard the work that you're doing are interested in in the work that you're continuing to do and to just really have a platform even if it is for 15 minutes once a week to know that people are going to take what you do seriously yeah yeah that's cool and there's some other cool stuff happening in denver uh, every year with with interesting events and i want you to tell me about lady saurus so what what was this yeah lady saurus <laughs> was a 2013 project that i did um I was actually in St. Louis years ago visiting family, and I went to um, went to a show of an old bandmate, and it turned out to be this uh, event called Girl Fight, and it was all female, local female musicians just kind of strutting their stuff and playing, playing, um, playing their music, and I was like, man, it would be so great to see something like this in Denver. Um, and so I came back and I kind of tossed the idea around with um, my friend and banjo teacher, Laura uh, Goldhammer, and she was into it. So <clears throat> I, uh, you know, we tossed around ideas of what it could look like to have a fake music competition, basically, where uh, we kind of mock the, the music competition <laughs> scene. Not that there's anything <laughs> wrong with it. Like, I secretly, well, not secretly anymore, because I'm telling you, I watch American Idol, you know, right. so whatever. So I'm not, I'm not putting any of that down but just to to look at the way women and girls seem to be pitted against each other like you need to be the best girl in your classroom or you need to be the best female musician whatever it is you're doing there seems to be this reminder that you're a woman doing this and so you better step it up right and so what we wanted to do or at least what i wanted to do was um kind of turn that on its head and subvert it a little bit and just make it absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> and Laura did a lot of help with me in making it super ridiculous. So we kind of conjured up some ideas, and um, it was myself, uh, Laura, and Brittany Williams who played the first round. Um, and then we had a... And I saw one of the flyers, and it was like, round one. Yeah, so it was like, we kind of like made it sound like it was going to be some sort of like boxing match via music. And so what we did is um, I set up four nights at the deer pile over the course of 2013 and um the first three nights it was about once a quarter so the first three shows uh were going to be nine different female uh musicians um three in each round and so what we did was we gave everyone a little dinosaur when they came in we made a dinosaur theme because really i think mostly i just wanted to have something that i could call lady saurus right. which is <laughs> actually where this yeah <laughs> it's actually where this idea came from um 
and so everybody got a dinosaur that was their voting machine. And so uh, we we did it as, you know, we would play two sets. Each artist got two sets to play, and we would rotate it. So um, everybody would be able to come in and hear at least the artist once. And then at the end of the night, um, everybody voted for their favorite musician using their dinosaur, throwing it in a bucket. And... Uh, and um, I won the first round, and then the second round, we had three other musicians. Uh, who were they? China, Kent, Alicia Craft, and oh, whoever it is is going to be so <laughs> mad at me. But whatever, there's nine of us. And so we did it, um, we did it three times, and then the fourth round was the, the end-all, be-all, like end-of-the-world um, like showdown. Mm-hmm. And that was between each of the round winners. So myself, China Kent, and Jane Thatcher won round three. And uh, it was just super fun. So yeah. at the end of the day, I think China ended up winning the whole competition. So she was, you know, the, the queen <laughs> the of all the dinosaurs. Or- yeah. <laughs> and um, But it was really great to see, again, just this idea of building community. So it was really great to set up a relationship with Deer Pile, who's a wonderful... Yeah, really cool venue right above City of City. Yeah, and they're so artist-focused. Um Anytime you get a chance to see a show or whether it's comedy or music or anything that they're doing up there, like definitely go check it out because they support artists so well that it's definitely a, a place that needs to stick around for a long yeah, time. Yeah, I hope so. And uh, so, yeah, we kind of had this community with um, Deer Pile and building a community with um, other female musicians has been great. Um, I only, starting out, I only really knew three or four of them. And uh, so it was great to be able to just kind of dig through the Denver music scene and, and find musicians really that I just right. liked a lot and wanted to see play. And then I got to have them do it. So that was really fun. Um, I might do it again. Yeah, it's I was going to ask, is there going to be a, a Lady Source 2? Or- I thought about doing one in 2014, but the time that it takes to book all those acts is, is tough. So I might um, I might do a 2016 one. Um, it's been thrown around the idea of doing a little saurus where we gather <laughs> kids from the neighborhood and give them instruments and just let them, you know, bang on pots and pans yeah. or whatever and somehow make it a little more community oriented than just female right. singer songwriters. So it definitely has potential to go places. It's just a matter of me sitting down and doing it. But it was a lot of fun. I had so much fun doing that and um, I got a lot great response um, both from the the women who performed and from the people who came. I mean, um, we packed the house on uh, almost every round. There was one that was kind of snowy and weird night, but the rest were really, really great. So we got, a, we had a good turnout and it was just, it was just nice to have fun in a music, you know, have fun at a show without worrying about yeah. anything. It was just all about having fun and, and singing your songs. It was really no, that's, good. That's the best. Yeah. So I, I would love to hear about more of that, whether it's more Lady Sauruses or just yeah. just other events, um, um, all about that. So do you have any aspirations to get involved in other kinds of music collaboration? Like, do you want to score a film or... Yeah, maybe. Um, I always think about how, like, when I sit down and write a song, I am usually geared first towards lyrically the songwriting and then the music second and so for me if I was gonna 
to do something, other, another collaboration beyond just writing a song. I would love to do something that forced me to look at music first. Um, and so, yeah, if there's any any opportunity that comes along to do that, I would definitely jump on the chance. I think for now, the next thing that I want to work on is um, I would love to release another album, probably 2016. And uh, this time around, I would just love to have, you know, sit down with my band, sit down with um, China and and um, Caitlin and Brett, my upright bass player now, who's mm-hmm. great, um, <laughs> and sort of write the music first um, and come back with with the lyrics. And uh, I have a I have a good friend who's a killer electric guitar player, so I would love to get him in and just see what he can do with what we have. So I think for me, next project is definitely just going to be um, let's see what we can do musically first. Yeah, let's see what the sound can go just beyond singer, songwriter, guitar, and then maybe shape the, the lyrics around that, which I can tell you will be totally challenging for me. I've never done anything like it, so hopefully that'll happen. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you mentioned doing uh, kind of lyrically driven first because most of the people, I mean, this isn't like I've been doing this show for years or something, but <laughs> um, a lot of the artists tend to be music first. And it's like, yeah, I have no idea. Like I have an emotion in mind, but like the words come last and I'm the same way. And so I, I'm interested in the other side of that. Yeah. I just can't do it the other way around. And I don't, honestly, I don't spend a, t- a ton of time on it. For me, my songwriting comes and almost like these spurts where either a, a lyric will come or the chorus will come or something will happen, and I just write it from there. Most of my songs are written over the course of like 20 minutes to mm-hmm. an hour, and when they're done, they're done. I put them down yeah. and I move on to something else. And so that's why I really love working with other musicians who can sit down and say, well, let's you know, let's sit down at this piano and see what happens here first. And... Um, I remember I did I kind of workshop some of my songs with some other musicians and it was so great to have a critical ear to some of the new stuff that I've been writing and it was funny cuz one of the people in the room was super musically focused and I was kind of the lyric I could twist mm-hmm. the words and do the lyrics and so they have different aspects you know different ears and different abilities being mm-hmm. able to look at a song I mean it was amazing. I was able to go home and write like four other songs just because I was like so jazzed. <laughs> so about, much is buzzing yeah. around. <laughs> so it was really fun. But yeah, I can't. Um, I almost never approach a song musically. And if you listen to my stuff long enough, you'd be like, "Yeah, <laughs> I totally get that." <laughs> I like joke with my band that like, "Yeah, this song is the same chord progression as the last song." <laughs> so have I think fun. some people do obsess a little much about that kind of thing. Just like, oh, it has the same chords. It doesn't count. Like, I don't know. One of my favorite YouTube videos of all time is you ever seen that Axis of Awesome video where they yeah. just go through all the four chord yeah. songs? And I'm like, that's a good laugh because you're like, yeah, all pop music is the same. I really like a lot of those songs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's, it really, most of it is all the same. Um, there, there's a lot of great talent out there who can, I mean, like Devachka comes to mind and right. the work that they can do as a band just, can consistently blows me away and I know that I'll never write a song like Devashka can write a song so I'm okay with that <laughs> you know um, you never know um, yeah, yeah maybe <laughs> maybe my new my new work on uh, music first lyrics second might 
might pull something true, out. True, but. might pan out. Um, I, I, I'm a fan of the analogy, like you know, that acts of, of awesome video is really funny and silly, but like you know, no one's like, oh, that movie has a three act structure. I've right. seen that before. Oh, there's conflict in the middle, and <laughs> it's, it's true. I think chords are kind of like that, where it's like. Well, there's so much more to how you do the music yeah. that the chords are just like one dimension of it. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely, there's a blueprint. I mean, obviously there's a blueprint. I mean, people, they're like, people get their like PhDs in like music theory. Right. So, you know, there is a blueprint and there is a way, maybe, I don't know if there's a right way to do it and a wrong way. Like, I'm not a music theorist and I'm certainly not trained as a musician. I mean, I grew up with piano lessons and, um, I was a really good saxophone player for a while, and that was cool. But when are you gonna bring that back out? <laughs> oh, I know it's in my closet right now. My mom would love that because that thing was like three thousand dollars. I was a really good saxophone <laughs> player for a long time, but I, it's been at least a decade since I've picked that up. But but I mean, even with saxophone, what I learned my my saxophone teacher growing up was a he was in the symphony but he was at his heart a jazz musician so I learned so much about jazz and blues and structuring songs and you know blues has a very there's like two ways to do a blues song but jazz is just like this wonky thing that like comes out of like I don't even know you know like I don't know where it comes from but you you don't follow the rules and and somehow it, there's like some kind of rule for how you break the rules. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a way to start and there's a way to finish and there's like some sort of scale you're supposed to play in the middle. So there's a blueprint for everything, I think. And for me and my songwriting, my blueprint is usually pretty bare bones and, and pretty simple. And I think that's great for me and my style because then I can bring in these other musicians who know how to fill that space mm-hmm. so well. And it's a foundation for other people to, to improvise over, to yeah. expand upon. Yeah, and my solo, I mean, I love playing solo. I don't play solo shows as much as I used to now that I have this awesome band that I play with, but um, even playing solo is fun because just getting down to, if I, if I call myself a singer-songwriter and that's the genre that I live into, I should be able to play like a right. really kick-ass solo show because that at the heart is is what it's supposed to be. Um, I don't know. It's fun. It's cool. Yeah. So you do have a couple shows coming up. Um, a house show on April 4th, which, uh, your, your, uh, your Facebook page will have some info about. And yeah, the location is almost secure, but got to, got to double check with my friend is it'll, it'll be at my friend's house and then I'll actually be a daytime show. Um, my mom is going to be in town that weekend and she wanted to see a show and, uh, so we're going to do a daytime one because uh, one of my band makes is a musician at a church and it's the uh, day before Easter. So I was like, she's not going to want to play <laughs> a show and then have to go to work at probably like 6 a.m. the next day. So that's a daytime show. It'll be like a backyard barbecue, 2 p.m. But yeah, check Facebook for the final address, but it, it'll happen and everyone's welcome to come. And you're also uh, going to, we, we talked about a little bit tonight, the Deer Pile, May 16th. Yeah, May 16th. Um, I'm not exactly sure who's going to play that with me yet. Still working on the lineup. Um, the April 4th, Jane Thatcher's going to, going to join me in the backyard and she's another really great singer songwriter. Um, so yeah, May 16th, definitely going to happen. I think it'll be like eight, eight o'clock doors, nine o'clock show and we'll have, we'll have three three bands for that so that's another one facebook's the best way to um right be in touch so with shows dot com slash betsy lay music uh-huh right. yeah 
And then um, for the music itself, Bandcamp is the best way to download. So that's BetsyLay.Bandcamp.com and Twitter, at Betsy Lay. Yeah. There you go. Um, Well, I want to thank you so much for for doing this interview and uh, coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is great. I hope that you guys can keep doing this for a long time. This is this yeah, is I hope good so stuff. too. Yeah, um, listeners, uh, to to check out the show notes that we'll include on this, you can head to sunriserobot.net slash pseudo show slash seventeen. And I do want to give a shout out to our Patreon supporters, uh, Bruce Edwards and uh, Matt Mariner. Thank you so much for supporting the network. And uh, if you would like to support the network yourself, you can head to patreon.com slash sunrise robot. And you can also uh, just subscribe and, you know, give us a rating in iTunes on the show. And all of that helps immensely. So we really appreciate that. And thank you so much for listening. Uh-huh.